Ahoy! I'm the comic book conscious hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story episode 83. I have returned. To Finally. Yeah. JD, JD gets to stop doing the technical work that he doesn't like to do. Yep. So I was on vacation for the past month or so, or a bit less than a month. Uh, I was in Australia backpacking around, and since Caleb, who is comic savior, he was kind of replacing me for a little bit doing a great job i listened to two episodes not the last one because i was a little busy but i will probably get to it but since i left a lot of news happened like the past suit reveal uh wally becoming wally manhattan stuff like that so uh i'm still catching up on the comics but i did read the ones that are out this week and uh jd and i we discussed for a while before recording here what we're going to talk about so i think i am kind of caught up on all the superhero news and i'm i'm ready to go i think yeah, yeah, you missed, I mean, three weeks in the comic book world uh, seems like three years with all the news you missed. I mean, the co-publisher of DC got let go, Dan Didio himself. I mean, this was shocking news. Uh, you missed, of course, yeah, the Wally, Dr. Wally Hatton. Uh, yeah. A ton has happened in just a, a, a few short weeks in the nerd world, and I called it that Hunter was going to miss a ton. Yeah. Were you there for the Metal 2 being announced? That got announced, too. Uh, I think I was here, yeah. I think I recorded okay. that. With, or yeah. maybe I didn't. No, maybe I, I think maybe you saw like the original pictures, like with the uh, Chainsaw of Truth, but maybe not the actual Metal Two. No, that. yeah, that's right. I remember discussing that with Caleb. So there's there's been a lot that you missed in the last few weeks that just came out of the nerd world and has exploded since. And uh, yeah, it's just been crazy. Um, but for this episode, we decided uh, to try to clear up some kind of misinformation that seems to be going around in the comic book uh, community. And that's DC's fifth generation, DC 5G, DC G5. I'm not mm -hmm. really sure what they're going to call it just yet. Uh, but the fifth generation is something that seems to be coming to DC Comics very soon. Uh, a reboot of sorts, uh, more of like a legacy shift, I suppose. Um, yeah. We don't have a lot of information on it, but because of that, rumors have spiraled out of control to the point where people are posting th rumors as facts and people are believing it. So uh, in this episode, we're hoping to sort out What's fact? What's not? And and what it actually is? Yes. So yeah, um, when we, we just started compiling some information based on what has been talked about, and from there we're gonna try to break it down for you in an easier way to digest because it, it is a little frustrating when four different pages are posting different information. Looking at you, Legion of Geeks, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it's just call out. We 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 just want to have you know one central like this is what's happening, this is what's not, this is what's rumored. Let's go from there. So basically, yeah. yeah. So when this was first kind of being talked about, about a few months ago, uh, JD and I, we did a full episode just saying what this was. And we were very shocked the whole time. Yeah, we, bro we broke down like the DC timeline that came out from before that, that, that covered the first four generations. And yeah, we were very shocked for that. But at that time, we had next to no factual proof of information. But since then, a lot has come out. So um, to start, back then, it was rumored that Luke Fox, Batwing, would be taking over in the Batman role. And since that day, the first appearance of Luke Fox, which I believe is Batwing number 13 or something like that, um, it shot up from like a dollar comic to over $100. So <laughs> it'll yeah. probably keep rising as this gets truer and truer. So um, the concrete fact that it seems to be uh, from every source is that Luke Fox will be the next Batman. He will be taking over after Batman number 100, which will finish up uh, Tinian's short run. And the new writer taking over after number 100 will be John Ridley IV, who uh, wrote the movie 12 Years a Slave. 
I believe the movie or maybe the book. He, he wrote 12 Years a Slave. I'm think, I, thought, I thought it was the movie, but uh, I'd have to double check that. Um, but it said that he'll be writing the next Batman run with Luke Fox as the head of the Batman. So that seems to be one of the few concrete facts that have come from 5G. Um, yeah, a lot of this a has been backed up. A lot of this has been backed up by, of course, uh, Lucius Fox uh, taking over the Alfred role in Batman. Um, mm-hmm. It seems that like they're trying to push towards that uh, direction that Luke would be working, I would assume, with Lucius as his Alfred, a little father-son combo, taking over the Batman. Yeah. And again, consider this a fact, but not a 100% fact, because 5G technically hasn't been officially announced. Yeah, like, it, well, it, was, it was kind of talked about at, San Diego, at uh, New York Comic Con, but I, I'm, I'm expecting San Diego Comic Con this year to fill in all the pieces of what's happening. Yeah, um, but it was mentioned in Doomsday Clock. And it writers was, yeah, like it mentioned Tom, in Doomsday yeah. Clock, and Tom King mentioned it in interviews, and other writers have talked about it here and there. They've kind of skated around it, but it's it's been it's not a, a looming presence. Yeah, yeah, so it exists. It's being talked about. But it again, like it's not like this is all DC's announcements. This is all coming from what we know so far. Yes. So, so like an- another, another, I guess it could be classified as rumor, but also could go under fact given how it's showed up on every source. Is that Jonathan Kent will be taking over Superman, uh, the su- the role of Superman, and uh, from there, there's other rumors that he'll be aged up again. But that is not concrete fact. But it seems to be fact that. He will be taking over as Superman. Um, this is something that does seem reasonable given that in Bendis's Superman run, he's aged up a lot. And uh, I'm assuming – I haven't read Legion, but I'm assuming with his work with the Legion, they're trying to mature him a lot and make him more of a galaxy-wide presence, which is something that Superman would need. So this also seems to be along the lines of fact, but heavily rumored nonetheless. He's had major roles since Bendis started on his run too, such as being the – quote-unquote creator of the united planets yes so he's had major moments just as a small time of being practically an adult i think he's 17 right now so he's he's maturing a lot more than he was say last year yes yes exactly mm-hmm. and then from there there's another rumor that's been on every single one that could be considered fact that wonder woman will be the first hero to be replaced within the 5g now this is this, basically a fact <laughs> This is basically a fact given that in the free comic book day Generation Zero featuring Wally Hatton, Wonder Woman will also be the co-star of that. So could this be Wonder Woman being replaced in that free comic book day issue? Very possible. Now from there, rumors have spread of who would be taking over the role. Uh, one, one of the more constant rumors is that it would be Cassie, who is currently Wonder Girl in Young Justice. Uh, but yeah, there have been tons of rumors about who would be taking over Wonder Woman. And then even with Cassie taking over, there's rumors that she would be a plus-sized Wonder Woman, which I, I don't actually even know where that came from. That seems like a very random rumor, if anything. Especially like for Cassie, like Daughter yeah. of Zeus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so, that, so that was a little bit random, but okay. And then from there, we go into a lot of uh, rumors. Again, heavy rumors, but nothing fact. So... Um, for example, there's been two rumors for who would be taking over for Hal Jordan as the main Green Lantern of Earth. Uh, one rumor is that it would be Teen Lantern from Young Justice. The Bendis other rumor is that it would be uh, – yeah, Bendis. A lot of Bendis going on here. Um, or that it would be Joe uh, Moulin, who is the Far Sector Green Lantern. So 
Um, those are the two rumors for Green Lantern. As for the Flash, uh, the constant rumor has been Captain Boomerang Jr. would be taking over as the Flash. And then, of course, with Aquaman, the rumor is that uh, Francis Monopole for some time has been working on Aquaman uh, Earth-1 to go into the Earth-1 line. That what, what he's doing with Aquaman Earth-1 is going to be reworked into uh, the 5G. So uh, we haven't gotten to see any of what he's doing for Aquaman Earth-1 other than like a few teases on his Instagram or yeah. like him working on the file or something like that. He has so, been working on this since New 52 or even like... Yeah the start of new 52 i think it was right after his flash time his time on flash uh it was yeah, pro- I, w- I would say like midway through the uh new 52 he started yeah, like working 20, on Aquaman earth one 2014 he, he was planning to script it and draw it so we knew it was going to take a ton of time and uh looks like it'll be primed and ready for 5g which is uh pretty crazy given that we don't know anything about it yeah now uh I mean, that, that, that pretty much covers the main form. seven of the justice league of who would be replacing within the 5g um, and from there, we get even more rumors about what's going to be going on in the DC universe. Um, another rumor that's spawned up is that a lot of legacy characters will die. Uh, yeah, well, this, regular this Justice League surprising. members will retire. Like a yeah. lot of people are saying, like, oh, Batman's going to retire, or Superman will retire. But legacy characters, they're kind of too young to retire. So I think that's kind of where the rumor comes that we're going to see a lot of deaths. <laughs> yeah, this one doesn't seem to be the most, like, in fact, but I think it's not a bad inference based on what information we have. Yeah, don't don't necessarily believe this, because this is just a rumor. Uh, well, like, the Luke Fox thing, I would say, is true. This, yeah. not to quote, like, eh, I, don't, I don't see Damian Wayne getting killed. Yeah, um, and then another rumor is that some comic series would be ending to spawn 5g so the two that were rumored to be ending were supergirl and green lantern season two supergirl has already been announced that it would be ending despite sales being pretty good oh really and yeah supergirl already got announced to be ending i think after i don't know what issue it's on but it's it's coming up in the next few months it's going to be ending oh wow I miss a yeah lot of so th- this what this was a surprising <laughs> so this rumor is starting to turn into more fact it seems like after Green Lantern Season 2, Green, uh, Grant Morrison's Green Lantern will be no more, and then they'll be setting up the 5G of Green Lantern. So um, this is pretty surprising, given that both books sell pretty well, but if they're setting up 5G, then it makes sense. Um, an- another rumor goes with back to Batman. So in Batman Annual 2 by Tom King, we got to see an older Bruce and an older Selina, and they were kind of just enjoying their life together, and they had a daughter. Well, now, um, with the rumors that Bruce will be retiring for Luke Fox to take over as the Batman, the rumors are are that Batman will be getting old with Catwoman and that they will be having a daughter. And Tom King posted art on his Instagram where, you guessed it, Selena's pregnant. So there's a baby bump for Catwoman. Uh, Everyone was just thinking, like, oh, it's some kind of dream sequence. But we know it's from Batcat. So Batcat possibly could be setting up and making this rumor true. It's for Bad Cat, but also Catwoman's having her 80th anniversary this year, and Tom King is doing a story in that issue. And in that story, he's it's called Helena Wayne. So yeah. it's probably going to be kind of like Annual 2, where it's set in the future. I guarantee it's going to be like the same idea. Yeah. Just like continuing off that Annual 2 moment of Bruce kind of... have He kind of has like short-term memory loss. Like he tells the same story over, over, and over. But Catwoman's kind of there to support him as like a yeah. loving wife so it's a good story and it looks like we're gonna see that of maybe like a mid 20s helena wayne yeah the... i i think it's possible so i kind of like that like i don't like 5g 
but I like that idea of like Bruce retiring and having a daughter. So I mean, I, I always think the best way to end Bruce being Batman is him retiring as opposed to dying. Yeah, just because I feel I like his his death kind of lingers over the entire Bat family while his retiring makes more sense for his character. Yeah. That being said, I, I don't I don't know. I just think this is. 5G might be a bit of a mistake. I'm worried that they're going to be falling into New 52 territory where it's really cool at first because a lot of new readers could jump on and then they start to piss off the old readers and that seems to never end well. And they'll announce um, DC Universe, reborn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, moving on to the next one, uh, the rumor is that DC uh, 5G will be starting with Generation Zero, which is the free comic book day issue. This is less of a rumor and more of a fact. And that following that, we'll be getting one shot. The first one has already been uh, on the solicitations for May, which is oh. another thing that you missed while you're in Australia. Yeah, tell uh, me about gen- that. <laughs> yeah, it's a Generation 1 one shot, which will we'll be covering the first generation of DC. And this solicitation had like a bunch of questions apparently each one shot's going to be by a different writer and artist team i believe bendis is on one of them not the first one but he's on one of them oh god so okay <laughs> oh, oh god indeed um so it's all going to start with the free comic book day issue generation zero right. with Ronnie hatton and diana and then generation one is going to cover generation one which will assumingly build off the back of the scott snyder story from wonder woman 750 of wonder woman being the first hero in the dc yeah. universe and inspiring alan scott and others Okay. So, so yeah, that's yeah. Uh, screw Doomsday Clock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then um, somebody on Instagram, I forget who, posted a um, sort sort of like a magazine uh, like ad for the five generations. They didn't post a great picture of it, so I didn't really get to take a great look at it. But it seems that some comic shops already have um, these solicitations oh. for all five generations. Oh, wow, this is happening a lot faster than I thought. Yes. Well, if this is all supposed to start after Batman 100, that's only 10 issues away because the last issue of Batman was number 89. 89. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, because yes. like my, my comic store right now, it has ads for uh, Death Metal, which is the sequel to Dark Knight's Metal. And yes. that was just announced. So I know that comic shops, they get like posters and stuff right when something's announced. but Or I guess right before. But, geez, that means we're probably going to get the official... Like, okay, so you said the Generation Zero one-shots, Bendis is on one. Do we know all the writers on them? Uh, I don't know if that's been announced. It might have been announced somewhere. I was having trouble finding it. Do you remember if Jeff Johns was there? I didn't see Jeff's name anywhere. Okay, because I I was going to say, he did Doomsday Clock, which... This is kind of just messing with Doomsday Clock, so I'm curious if Johns would write anything for this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's. I mean, I feel like it would make sense to have Jeff Johns, given how you know talented he has as a writer, and especially moving on, like DC Rebirth number one was able to, um, you know, advance from the New Fifty Two to Rebirth fairly seamlessly. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, apparently Generation One is a 48, 48 page prestige one shot, and they're going to do one for each generation. But, um, and they okay. all the all the uh generations have a name so it's generation one age of mysteries which which this was all from the original rumor that came from bleeding cool these all came true generation two age of the metahuman generation three age of crisis generation four age of rebirth and generation five age of tomorrow okay so they're all going to follow monthly um we know that oh oh so the generation one is going to be written by andy schmidt and the art is going to be by doug monkey doug monkey's done a lot of the work on detective comics for tomasi yeah now, Andy Schmidt, I'm not familiar with. Oh, okay. Here's the 
here's the writers who are going to be working on the uh, one shots. I found it all. Oh, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Dan Jurgens, <laughs> who did Action Comics and Rebirth. Yep. He's good. Uh, Ro- Robert Venditti, who did Hall and Palace oh. and is currently on Justice League. And okay. Joshua Williamson. Oh. Okay. I like no Williamson. Scott, no Scott Snyder, no Tinian, and no Jeff Johns. Interesting. That is interesting. But again, and art art is going to be by Doug Monkey, Brian Hitch, who did Justice League and Rebirth, um, Michael Janine, who did Batman with Tom King, Ivan Reese, who, of course, is Ivan Reese, da- and David Marquez, who's doing Batman Superman currently. So a, a lot oh, of talented artists. And then we're going to get covers from uh, Jim Chung, who did a few of the decade covers for these big issues lately. And he also Gary did Frank. the first few Justice League covers for Snyder's Justice League. Yes, and Gary Frank's going to be doing um, covers as well. So, oh crap, take my money. <laughs> yeah, so 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 a lot of big names going into this. So DC is certainly not taking this lightly. <clears throat> that being said, who knows how this is going to end? Yeah, this is this is a lot. So it it's not a reboot, but it is a reboot. It sounds more like a reboot, if anything. Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like to so me. At it's least. rebooting the origins, but not necessarily the history. Yeah, pretty much. It's confusing, but 5G is actually happening. And it ha- maybe happening soon. I mean, 10 issues of Batman, that's only like, like a few months. <laughs> yeah, because that's a biweekly book. And since we're getting solicitations in May, it's that's like five. Mo- gonna- that's like five months away. So, J- July. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. July is when 5G should be starting. What yeah. do you think of all this? Like, what do you think of the legacy characters being instead of like Nightwing replacing Batman it's Luke Fox and whatnot. I'm skeptical just because I think that if it was the Titans generation taking over there's at least a lot of people who have attachments to them how many people have attachments to Luke Fox or Captain Boomerang Jr. or the far sector Green Lantern you know I just don't see those books selling especially well you know at least enough people are connected to uh, John Kent but I don't think he has a big enough following just yet but it would be interesting to me at least if you're gonna do these generations to let certain generations take over for a while so if the titans generation took over you would get you know dick wally and donna as the trinity you know for a little bit and then tim's generation could take over i don't know I, i just think it could be interesting to do that where it's like each generation takes over for a period of time the comics don't get stale to the point where you're writing them for 80 years but they each have their time to shine and when it's time to move on it's time to move on yeah, I feel or like... Or if you're going to do 5G, do a legacy imprint where it's not going to take over the main universe, so it's not going to all of a sudden just wipe out Batman and Superman, and these comics can still exist, and I don't know. This is a tough situation. Like, There's rumors that um, the only way we'll see the regular characters are with uh, the Black Label and with the Walmart exclusive books, the giant issues. Which so, aren't even canon. Yeah. So... I think this won't be that successful. Maybe at first. I mean, uh, issues with the number one on it sell very well, as we all know. Especially of course. Marvel. So I think at first, it'll have high sales. It'll, it'll, I think it'll be a lot like the New 52. The New 52 was selling record numbers in the in the first <clears throat> you know few months, and then all of a sudden it just dipped. Yeah, exactly. So I, I unfortunately think 5G's due for the same thing. Immediate success followed by immediate failure. So, um, exactly. But who, who knows? I mean... You know, the, a lot of characters are just going to go missing. There's going to have to be a lot of good explanation between these six one-shot issues. And it all starts on free comic book day. 
It's going to um, be like the start of New 52, New 52 where people are going to be like, where's blank? Where's blank? Like, yeah. everyone's wondering where Wally was. And then he's yeah. revealed to be a completely different character. It's going to be like that again. Everyone's going to be wondering, okay, where's Batwoman? And then it's going to be like a year or two before we actually see her. It's like, oh, so she's active. She's alive. She's working. Would have been nice to know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think I'll, like, I'll be reading the start of it. But I don't know if I'll continue. Especially with Flash. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a giant Flash fan, clearly I run a fan page. Yeah. Um, I don't think the idea of Captain Boomerang Jr. just makes sense. Now, if you, and I said this before on the podcast, if you did Captain Boomerang Jr. as a side character to Bart's Flash, because there's the idea that they're half-brothers, that's interesting. He's existing on the side. He could do short burst speed. Is he good? Is he bad? That's interesting. My dad died. He was a rogue. Your grandfather's the Flash. How can we work together? That that would be a much more interesting story. And Bart at least has a fan base to support him where Captain Boomerang Jr. does, does not. not. Yeah. Even with the Green Lantern. I'd rather see Jessica and Simon as the main Green Lanterns as opposed to Far Sector and Teen Lantern. I yeah, mean, does anybody back. care about Teen Lantern? Does anybody care about Far Sector? I, I can't imagine their fan bases are enough to put up the sales that would need to carry a book. Yeah. Like, Jessica and Simon, they're great characters. They they have a fan base. They make sense. Teen Lantern, she's just introduced. She's never had any solo time. And honestly, her origin is very Riri Williams. Like, oh, a teenage girl ends up building her own thing. And yeah. it's not that good. <laughs> no. I don't, I, it's not very realistic. I know we're talking about a superhero universe, but it's just not good. She doesn't have a fan base, so this will be successful at first, but we'll, I feel like it'll die out faster than New 52 did. Because at least New 52, you have Bruce Wayne, you have Clark Kent, you have uh, Diana Prince. And I think Rebirth had it perfect, where, hey, here's these legacy characters, here's Jessica Cruz, but if you don't like Jessica Cruz, you can still read Hal Jordan in this book. Here's Wally West, yeah. but if you don't like Wally West, you still read Barry Allen here. Exactly. So it had, well, when Rebirth started, uh, this was when I think all new, all different Marvel started, which mm-hmm. is, oh, here's um, Totally Awesome Hulk. And if you don't like that Hulk, too bad, that's the only Hulk. Here's like Ray Williams, but if you prefer Iron Man, too bad, he's in a coma. So yeah. I feel like, like for that on Marvel side, that failed badly. And they quickly yes. were able to bring Tony Stark back and bring Bruce Banner back. Well, I feel like that's going to happen with DC here. I think we will see Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and Diana Prince return really quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just don't see this being successful enough. I don't know. There's just... It doesn't really... And the, the misinformation <clears throat> about it is probably not helping. Yeah, like, just announce it. Like, we know so much about it, yet DC's just trying to be quiet. Yet their writers are just talking about i mean like oh maybe i shouldn't say this but luke yeah. fox is batman kind of thing yeah exactly just they just need to talk about it but like i said i think it's gonna die out i mean i will be reading the beginning i don't think i'll continue i'll be using that time to read more marvel comics so yeah yeah i mean i'm as a big trade reader and somebody's getting into more marvel i think that this could certainly push me in those directions um, I mean, listen, I'm not going to rule out that I immediately won't read the books. At first, I was like that. I've gone off that a little bit. But, you know, I, I think that this has potential to be cool. But I think there's, in the in the cost-benefit analysis, there's a lot of risk here. Yeah, big time. Yeah. 
it is a big risk. And then this all came from the idea, or at least as far as we know, that Dan Didio was the one doing yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a uh, good uh, segue. So um, Dan Didio obviously had a big part to do with 5G, given him being one of the first to break it at New York Comic Con, him posting the picture on his Instagram, but it was very blurry, but people were able to make out what was happening from there. And um, yeah, he just, he, he recently was fired slash removed from DC Comics, where we're not sure if it was really a firing or if it was a mutual parting, but uh, Dan Didio was gone. Um, this was very surprising, given that just two days before, he had posted about how he's got to move his toys because the guys at the company are changing him from a, a desktop to a laptop. So this was like shocking news. When I saw it, I honestly didn't think it was real. I thought it was an internet hoax. Yeah. Uh, he's gone at DC Comics as their co-publisher making, I guess, as of right now, Jim Lee, the only publisher at DC. So Yeah, I uh, guess he hasn't, well, at least as far as we know, he hasn't been replaced yet. But this was yeah. very sudden. Yeah, like, so uh, Dan has worked at DC for probably over 20 years. Um, he Before he was a uh, co-publisher, he was like a, a VP executive editor. So he was like the editor on books like Flash Rebirth and Green Lantern Rebirth uh, back in the early 2000s. And then in 2010, right before the start of the New 52, he, him and Jim Lee were both moving up to co-publisher, which spawned the New 52, which then spawned Rebirth. And yeah, now he's no, 5G. out. Yeah, yeah, now 5G is possibly coming. Um, so, yeah, this was very surprising. Um, Dan uh, posted a video on his Instagram of him uh, essentially, you know, giving his last toast to DC. And, yeah. A lot of people in the office clapping. Yeah. And, he was yeah, and, a, bu- and a bunch of writers and artists that have worked for him over the years have come out and, you know, made statements online. Um, Judd Winnick and uh, Brad Meltzer, who worked for him in the early 2000s. Yeah, um, even artists like Tyler Kirkman posted about how he's going to miss yeah, Dan. Mitch, and- Mitch Gerards, Tom King, they said, like, you know, without Dan, Mr. Miracle wouldn't be possible. Uh, people like Gail Simone have come out and said, like, uh, Dan was very overhated. Uh, his job as executive editor was to make writers look good. So often Dan would take blame for things that actually weren't his fault. Yep. So, uh, yeah, um, there was a lot of support within the community for Dan Didio. Meanwhile, the comic community on the outside of course was very happy celebrating this especially on twitter it was pretty crazy um, yeah same listen way I, listen i i disagreed with dan on a number of things uh i think we definitely felt felt different about you know wally west and rebirth of course I mean, uh, yeah <laughs> wally west and dick grayson and certain characters like that but the, at the end of the day listen i respected him he was able to help older artists and older writers who were struggling to find work find work he was always good to artists and writers, clearly, by how positive they were. So I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't, you know, I'm, I, I think this could be a big step for DC to move on to a uh, co-publisher who is ready to move on with the characters. Uh, maybe not as extreme as 5G, but, you know, moving if Dan Didio grew up with the Silver Age characters and he made that happen at DC, perhaps we could get a co-publisher who grew up with legacy characters and wants to make that happen at DC. So... Um, but I, either way, I think it is a sad firing. I think that Dan was a nice guy. I interacted. I, if you saw my post, you know this, but I've interacted with him uh, a few times on Instagram and he's always been nice to me and we've always joked around together. Hunter saw and was involved in a lot of those comment sections. So. Yeah, he was, he was a funny guy and he, he had a good fan base, even though he said a lot of bad things, like how his goal was to 
kill off Nightwing or you can't have a crisis without a dead flash and it just would yeah, scare his everyone. Hit list, his hit list from Infinite Crisis, like he literally had a list of characters to kill. Like that was a little concerning, but yeah. you know, ultimately I don't think he's a bad guy and I don't think people should exactly be celebrating his firing. Um, rather, no, if you were not. happy that he's gone, maybe say that you're optimistic for what's coming next as opposed to celebrating a man losing his job. Exactly, yeah. We don't. It could be just retirement. Like, we don't officially know the reasoning of why he's gone. But Yeah, is. I mean, based on the context clues that we have, it appears that things just weren't working. If that's related to 5G, we don't know. I think certainly something could come out. I There's still an open offer for Dan Doof here on this podcast, so perhaps we yeah. can learn here. But, <laughs> Maybe we'll find um, out, yeah. Yeah, so um, this is... It, it was pretty shocking to the comic world in general, but uh, yeah, so... We'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for who could possibly be replacing. I know a lot of people are screaming at the top of their lungs for Jeff Johns to step in and save DC. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen with Jeff's busy schedule, though he I'm sure so I'd busy. love him as co-publisher. Him and Jim Lee at the, at the top of DC would be really cool. Yeah, New 52. They, yeah. they did Justice League together at the start, so and they basically saved Justice League. So I would... I would love that if that was the case, but I again I doubt it. He does a lot of live action stuff. He's writing the Star Girl show. Uh, he has heavy involvement in a lot of the DCEU movies, as well yeah. as he's writing Shazam and Three Jokers. So he is a busy guy, of course. But you know that'd be cool. Dan Didio was a questionable person when it came to decisions at DC, but he was a good guy. So. I, he will be missed bracketed question mark <laughs> depends yeah on who i mean you are. like i mean listen i i will miss him in certain aspects but at the same time i think there's certain other aspects where i think it was the right time to move on but of course i'm not going to celebrate a man losing his job I mean, oh of course know, not. he he obviously loves the comics he loves the characters he, he i mean DC. you know for, for all the rumors that he hates wally west his favorite flash story is return of barry allen which is uh, one of story. the biggest Wally stories. Yeah. So, you know, let's give the man a little bit of slack. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think you should have a hit list of DC characters, and I don't think yeah. you should actively talk about killing Nightwing to save Batman or uh, saying that you need a dead Flash in a crisis and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was a good guy. So, yeah, I. So sad that he lost his job, unless it was just like a retirement, which we don't officially know. But. I'm looking forward to see who comes next and what decisions will be made. 100%. Yeah. And uh, with the end of the 5G talk here and the end of the video talk here, uh, I think it's about time to move on to the comics. Yeah, so a so, short week for you. Yeah, short, short week for me. I had uh, X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Shazam. Um, between my pick of the week and cover of the week, cover of the week, I got to go X-Men, Fantastic Four. Uh, it's such a brilliant cover. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks so cool. You got uh, Emma Frost, The Thing, Wolverine. This is a really cool looking cover. The art is very yep. uh, realistic, but the lines look so cool. I don't know. It's it's, it's very cool to me. Uh, but my pick of the week, I think I got to go Shazam number eleven. I went on a little Shazam binging marathon. If the last time you listened, I hadn't read Shazam, so I had to binge a few issues, and it was great. I got to read like four in a row, and it was uh, it was really good uh, to catch up. And a lot of surprising stuff happened in this issue. Yeah, uh, I'd say I agree with you with those picks. Um, X-Men, Fantastic Four for my cover, but Shazam is my pick of the week. I have been, like, I was away for a while, so I got, like, 30 comics that I had to get through. So I didn't even know which ones came out this week. I had to ask JD, like, which one should I read for the podcast? And I was shocked that it was just two, despite me holding this giant pile of comics. 
So yeah, yeah, the weeks have been weird. Where <laughs> some weeks I'm getting like five or six things, and then some weeks I'm just getting two things. But as my wallet won't complain about this week. Um, my wallet complained about my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a tough. You had a tough uh, break. Yeah, I'm still getting through. But but anyway, um, so starting with Shazam, uh, sure. recently in the Shazam comics, if you haven't been catching up, uh, Shazam's father, Billy's father, has shown up, and he uh, took over the seventh, the role of the seventh champion. He had like a yellow suit, and he was working with uh, Shazamily. And uh, I don't know if it was this issue or last issue. They actually called them the Shazamily, which was yeah, really cool. It was this issue. It might have been this mm-hmm. issue. Yep. I, I just read all, a bunch of them in a row, so I, I don't remember where it was. But uh, regardless, um, at the end of the last issue, the wizard was trying to kill C.C. Batson, uh, Billy's father. So mm-hmm. that's where we left off. Uh, in this issue, Billy is waking up and hearing everything that's happening. His, his father getting pretty yep. much murdered by yep. uh, the wizard. And the wizard says, like, he's being a little cryptic in the way he's expressing things, but he's saying that, you know, it had to be done. Uh, Billy and uh, the wizard start fighting, and the Shazamly is awoken by this, and they come out uh, to help him take down the wizard. Uh, but the wizard is obviously very powerful because he took all these powers of the gods at one point. And th- I think it was in this issue, he had like a really cool line where he's like, I took all the powers of the gods. You're not even a god. So, yeah, basically. Th- that, that was really cool. Um, in the background, we see uh, Dr. Savannah and Superboy Prime uh, pretty much just in the. Uh, Monster in, Land? In the- yeah, in the, yeah, well, I think it's in the uh, Stone of Eternity. Is that what it's called? Um, uh, the Rock of Eternity. Rock of Eternity. Yeah. Rock of Eternity. I think they're in the cells over there, like that they mentioned that King Kid is in right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Sh- Shazam was able to get uh, the wizard away and send him back to the Rock of Eternity, and uh, the family's all together. But Black Adam attacks out of nowhere and tries to uh, hurt Billy's dad. But Billy's dad is able to cast a spell to separate Black Adam from his body. And we're like, oh, that's crazy. His dad just got the powers. How does he know a spell? And that's when Billy realizes that's not his father. It is dun dun dun, Mister Mind. This was a the little bug that reveal. Yeah, it was the bug that's inside Doctor Savannah's head that we thought was in Doctor Savannah's head because he's been in the last few issues he's been communicating with Doctor Savannah, but it turns out that he's been communicating from Billy's dad's head. This was absolutely bonkers. I did not see this coming from anywhere yeah i, I was neither. very surprised when i turned the page i was like no way that was a better twist than i was a- like i didn't expect that at all usually for comic twists you kind of expect it but that was really well done <laughs> yeah that very i mean i expect nothing less from jeff i mean he's the greatest comic book writer of all time but i mean this was just absolutely written to perfection and uh now that the wizard has been sent away uh the shazamily's in for one because now dr savannah was able to get the monsters from the monster land back to here and uh yeah there's a bunch of different crazy looking monsters including people like a three-headed crocodile called the crocodile men yep. uh this big like conan the barbarian looking guy called scapegoat and uh, the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, essentially. Basically, so there, yeah. there are a lot of villains coming for the Shazamily who uh, pretty much has had their morale broken by that. And Superboy Prime also was able to escape his cell. And uh, he's coming after Billy Batson, who he calls Billy Bratson, and said that he's first. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, well, I read Billy, Billy Batson and I didn't realize he said that, that's very Superboy Prime of him. Superboy yeah. Prime, one of the... I'd say one of the most strongest villains in DC. Has now I was thinking about this the other day. Has Jeff Johns written pretty much every appearance of Superboy Prime? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, like it, it's got to be like if it's not every single one, it's got to be like ninety percent of them because it's crazy how much he's written of uh, Superboy Prime. It's like his baby right there. Yeah, but we haven't seen Superboy Prime in over ten years. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, and so when it was revealed to be, I mean, Scott Snyder was talking about how Superboy Prime was going to be appearing in a book soon. Uh, that wasn't Justice League, and we were all thinking like Flash or something because of the crisis level threat. Uh, but it turned out to be Shazam, which makes sense because Jeff, I didn't put two and two together. There, I didn't either. Uh, <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, between the monsters and Superboy Prime, Shazam's got a lot on its plate. Um, this book is really good. So it, yeah. it got off to a slow start, given that you know we had like seven month delays between issues, and nobody could keep up with what the arc was. But yeah. the first 10 issues are essentially one arc. So if you're looking t- to read Shazam, you like Shazam, I'd recommend reading the first 10 issues. They flow very well with each other, I think, when reading them all at once. Yeah, it's all about... I don't know if you agree. No, I do agree, because it's about Billy's father returning. Well, and they go through the different lands that's in the Rock of Eternity, going through the different doors. Uh, what Rock of Eternity being like... For those who don't really can't really picture what that is, if you've seen the Shazam movie, it's where Billy gets his powers with those thrones all around that little rock area but uh it's going through the different doors from there billy's father returns but as well in the background we have two biggest shazam villains being dr savannah and black adam working together along with mr mine who well big twist he's in billy's dad's head so yeah it looks like that arc's finally over well it's still kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, on, it's, but... it's essentially being set into something else here because now it's the monster land but yeah the first 10 issues are essentially one arc yeah, which was hard to follow given the big delays between issues. But I think now that the book is coming more steadily monthly, and I think they got to figure it out between splitting it up between. Uh, I think his name's Hazelwood or Eastwood or something, and then uh, Scott Collins on art. Yeah, and Scott They've Collins been it up pretty good on who's doing the art. Yeah, Scott does not do a good Batman, but he does a damn good Shazam. He, I, I noticed on one of the issues I was just reading, catching up on, Batman's in the background. I'm like, oh, God, his Batman is terrible. <laughs> yeah, his Batman's really I, I love Scott Collins. He drew my favorite story, Flash Blitz, but uh, he cannot draw Batman. Yeah, <laughs> the ears uh, are just like the side of his size of his head, and yeah, it's just weird. But his Shazam is really good, and since his Shazam's good, that kind of makes it pretty easy to do the rest of the Shazam family since the suits are all very similar. So. Yeah. Yeah, even Black Adams in this issue briefly, and uh, the spell that uh, that Mister Mind can do can basically beat Black Adams. So we're getting what looks like what we knew as the new mem- the final member of the Shazamly being uh, Billy's father. It looks like it's kind of going to be replaced by Black Adam here. And yeah, with the movie coming out being showing Black Adams more of an anti-hero, I could totally see Black Adam joining the Shazam family. But yeah, that's just a theory. I, I, I think it, I think it could happen as well. I don't know. I this book is really like it, it's not treating me like a regular comic does. I can't see where it's going right now. Yeah, no, I, I it, can't. Even. My visions are. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Like, it, there's a lot happening too, but not in a bad way. It's still kind of easy to follow. It's just every issue you think it's going one direction, but it goes the opposite, which is a good thing because it leaves the readers on edge. It leads us having so many different theories and we don't know where it's going. So it's really well done. It's just a little bit hard yeah. to guess what's happening. So yeah, highly recommend it. This is probably the best. Well, I mean, there hasn't been much, but I'd say it's the best Shazam book out right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, you're just comparing it for modern stuff, at least to New Fifty Two. Yeah, nineties Jerry Ordway is a bit dated at this point, but Captain Marvel is very different from Shazam. So, yeah, I'm just uh, trying. But, but yeah, I think Jeff is doing a good job. I mean, it's only eleven issues in, but you know, he said his goal is to be the defining writer on Shazam. He wants to be the Mark Wade that what Mark Wade did to Flash. So. Um, yeah, you know, I think he's certainly on his way. These first eleven issues have been really good, and now that they're on a consistent basis. I'm very excited to see where the book goes. So I'd give the issue like a nine. I really enjoyed it. Big twist. I did too. Yeah, I give it a nine as well. I enjoyed it a lot, and I read it in between a million other comics. So it was more <laughs> the ones that stood out to me, though. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, on the Marvel side of things, uh, Fantastic Four slash X Men or X Men and Fantastic Four, however you view it. So uh, this is X4. written by Chip Zdarsky, who you might know from Daredevil. Daredevil. He's writing. He's writing the current ongoing on Daredevil. Mm. Uh, he's a great writer for Daredevil, and he's doing a good job so far for the X Men and Fantastic Four. Uh, so if you missed the first issue, you re- you just read the first issue. Hunter? Yeah, I read these back to back. Yeah. So in the first issue, essentially the mutants show up and want. Uh, the Fantastic Four's son, uh, Franklin, to come to their uh, island. They're inviting him because he is a mutant, and uh, his parents are skeptical of that because, well, there seems to be a lot of backdoor stuff happening on Krakoa that a lot of people don't trust the X-Men, and Mm -hmm. the X-Men don't trust the outside world, which leads to a lot of conflict. Yeah. Uh, And the Fantastic Four obviously don't want to lose their son because he's still fairly young, so and they don't want him to just live with a bunch of strangers just because he's a mutant. So that yeah. led to a lot of uh, build-up in the first issue, and at the end, Doctor Doom had showed up. Yeah, a lot of tension between, uh, especially Professor X and Magneto, and Mister Fantastic and the Invisible Woman. Correct. Even like the Pattinson meme happened, where Mister Fantastic is like, "You think we're you're better than us?" and Magneto says, "We are better than you." Yeah. So it's literally the meme. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I am better than you. Yeah, that's great. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. That's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Um, and anyway, um, in this issue, essentially Sue wants to make her way to Krakoa because um, she's tired of the mutants having diplomatic immunity wherever they go and they shouldn't be able to just do this. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Doom seems to be buttering up the Fantastic Four children. Um, Do- Doom clearly has different motivation here, but um, it's interesting what they're building for him. And they're on Doom Island, which I think is a cool touch. Yeah, um, he's giving them dinner and trying to be more casual while the x-men are on edge the fantastic children they're kind of calm in a way yeah they, they know doom so they you know and doom hasn't necessarily been a major villain towards the kids so i mean doom as of recently in comics isn't much of the dictator that he was in the past so yeah. he's still a bad guy which is the reason why the x-men are on edge but the Fantastic Four, they more so trust him. Yeah. So. And uh, we, get, we get an interesting entry into Reed Richards, like, I don't know if it's like a journal or like a, I don't know, some kind of like internet entry of yeah, uh, the mutant population. Like so he estimates that the mutant, the mutants on Krakoa is 200,000. The mutants off Krakoa is 10,000. And the amount of Omega level mutants is like 25. Yeah. Well, I'd say it's even less than 25 because the full circle is 50 and that's like, not well, even half. It's probably like fifteen. Maybe? Yeah, my, probably around there. There's very few. They in one of the House of X issues, they labeled who's an Omega level mutant. Um, there weren't a lot. But, yeah, but yeah. Um, so then, anyway, um, in this issue, we get more Emma Frost and and uh, Cyclops flirting. There's a lot of flirting happening <laughs> happening between them. 
in X-Men in general, there's a lot of flirting. I mean, Cyclops is technically with Jean Grey right now, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I wonder if they're setting up some kind of story where he's going to end up with Emma Frost and that's going to piss off Jean and make her more villainy. And Wow, Patrick you could definitely see that. It's Dark Phoenix 2. Death yeah, metal. Exa- Death, exactly. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so. uh, but, but but yeah, he's he's saying how he lives to serve and, you know, given the eyeballs. Well, you can't well, see his eyes, but given those smirk. eyes to uh, <laughs> Emma Frost. So there's certainly a lot of flirting happening. Uh, Professor X throughout this entire uh, debacle going on with the Fantastic Four seems very calm, cool, and collect, while Magneto is, well, a little bit more stressed about it. And uh, he's the first one to see the Invisible Woman coming at them, which was a really cool scene, the way they showed it with him. Uh, moving the chair like that. Yeah, so basically they're talking about how Cyclops, being a father, he understands that if his kids were missing, he would do anything it takes to find them, including like going over his limits, so going over boundaries. And Nightcrawler, I'll just say what he says, he says, that, that may be true, main friend. He's French, so I, yeah, I, I know. can't do <laughs> I good. forgot about that. <laughs> and then he says, but you can't plan for the mind of Mr. Fantastic. He can do most anything he wishes or be most anywhere with the invisible woman. And as soon as he says that, you see the X-Men start to look around at each other, kind of exchange looks. And then Magneto breaks a chair and shatters like a metal chair and shatters the pieces everywhere to cover the thing who was invisible at the time. Thanks to the invisible woman. Yeah. And, uh, uh, thing calls him a traditionally evil guy and punches him and says that's what you get for calling me brute and yeah. <laughs> it basically starts a fight between the X-Men and Fantastic Four uh, the Fantastic Four are wearing these suits that look like uh, almost like radioactive type suits mm-hmm. but it's to prevent mind control from the uh, X-Men so yeah so, that that way it, Professor X never noticed them when they entered because you would have yeah. noticed there's more minds in the room yeah but. Uh, at one point, they start to retreat, but the Invisible Woman is unresponsive, so uh, Reed slightly lifts her helmet so that Emma Frost will try to take over, which will bring her back to life. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool little scene there. Um, it was interesting seeing Wolverine and uh, and Thing go at it, just because you know they're two powerhouses, so that, that was interesting. Yeah, Wolverine um, slices a piece of uh, Thing's suit off and says, that's a warning shot, big guy, stand down. So. Yeah, yeah, you can just picture that that, that uh, accent with the almost like cigar in his mouth type voice. Yeah, like the raspy. It's cool. Hey, Bob. Yeah, basically. But uh, uh, Sue's uh, unconscious. The invisible woman starts a shield around her, and they make their mm-hmm. way to the invisicar. They do the Han Solo and Leia line where it's "I love you, I know." Yeah, um, basically. And they're pretty much able to escape, but uh, Scott says where they're going. They're going to the coordinates. Like it's almost like the X Men already knew where they're going. And again, Professor X, very calm, very cool, very collect here. Um, and that's pretty much where their story ends. And uh, Doctor Doom is revealed to have a uh, Doom bot army that look sort of like the Celestials. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do kind of look like that. I don't, I don't know if they were going for that, but that's what I picked up out of it. Yeah, and they're, I didn't realize how big they were, too. You could see a person working on one in the background, just the size of its head. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where the issue ends. So th- this was... This is a very interesting story so far. Yeah, it's only going to be four issues, right? Uh, for some reason, I thought it was six, but you, you might be right. It might only be four issues. Oh, if it's four issues, then we're halfway there. And the story has picked up. It, there's been no filler or anything like that. I do like the uh, Reed Richards entries. It kind of reminds me of uh, all the stuff that were happening in House of X, like the little filler parts. Yeah. Just information on, like, Kirkoa. Now it's, like, information on mutants in general. Yeah, you're you're right. It's a four issue miniseries, so we're halfway through. 
Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Um, any theories? Where do you think uh, his kids will end up in the end, Francis? Um, I, I think they're still going to uh, end up with... <laughs> You know the Fantastic Four. I don't think the Krakoa is going to take him away, but I think by the end of the story, there's going to be a huge splinter between uh, Reed and Franklin, and even Ben and Frank and uh, Ben and Reed, given the lack of trust of Mister Fantastic and what is he hiding, and you know he won't heal us because you know then we serve no good to him. So uh, you know maybe Mister Fantastic messing with things that he shouldn't be messing with, playing God. It's an interesting concept, so that's where I kind of see that going. Okay. Yeah. Um, as for the X Men, I'm not really sure. I think the confidence is going to be shaken in Krakoa's ability to keep people out. If the Fantastic Four were able to get onto there, who else could be coming? Yeah, I actually think that Franklin will end up joining the X Men in the end. Oh, interesting. I feel like he has a, like a, kind of like a little brother, big sister relationship with Kitty. Yeah. So I could see Kitty kind of, and Kitty's been really nice in the series, saying like, "Whatever you choose, I'll back you up." you want to come i'll defend you for coming but if you want to stay i'll help convince charles that you deserve to stay until you're older but yeah i feel like franklin doesn't really like his father right now <laughs> so yeah i mean they're, they're definitely a counterparts it would be interesting if i mean obviously i don't read the fantastic four title i would if chip wrote it but uh <laughs> you know um it'll be interesting if franklin and his sister have a bit of a rivalry of mutant versus non-mutant you know and what what does that mean to the family tree yeah uh, I think that's an interesting story um I don't. It's, it's very interesting, and I'm I'm very curious to see where they go with it. I mean, I'm curious of how this all plays into the regular X Men book, given that it has a lot of the same themes of Krakoa, Emma Frost, and Scott, and there, there's just a lot going on here. Yeah, I mean, he is an Omega level mutant, so it makes sense why the X Men want him so bad. His powers is he could create universes. Like mm-hmm. he is one of the most powerful Marvel characters in general, and he's just like 17 or something like that, 16 maybe. I don't know his age. Yeah, it might be younger, actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe fifth. I'm gonna say fifteen. Final, final offer. Fifteen years old. Could be right. But yeah, like I like how the Fantastic Four trying to defend him, and the art is so good in this. I think the art's fantastic. Oh, I think the art is fantastic as well. Um, yeah, fantastic. I, I think it really does uh, service to the story. Yeah, I'm trying to see who it's by, but can't seem to find it. Anyways, next issue's out March 25th, so we got a bit of time. I just read these both back to back, so <laughs> it's gonna suck for me. But uh, Terry, yeah, yeah, you got you got a little bit of wait in between. But yeah, this yeah. is I I just like the idea for this whole series, uh, given that it, it spawned from Chip Zarsky saying, "Oh, as a kid, I liked that one at X Men Fantastic Four crossover they did in the late '80s." So let's do another one. And then Jonathan Hickman being like, "Okay," and then Marvel being like, "Okay," and now it's here. Like that's really yeah. amazing to me. Like. Like, I always think, like, uh, you know, the younger generation of writers is so interesting to me because our generation is going to be up soon. You know, within the next 10 years, Hunter, people our age are going to be writing at DC and Marvel. So, you know, what series will spawn (laughs) from that? You know, that's really cool to me. Wally Manhattan returns. (laughs) You know, I really like Flash Forward as a kid. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, and they reference the 80s book a lot. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that is a good way to think about it. Like, if we become, like, not, not necessarily we, but our generation, someone our age starts writing Batman, Court of Owls might be referenced a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, certain stories they liked as a kid could be referenced, and I think that's just super cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, Superman having a son as a child will be referenced a lot. Super Sons will be referenced a lot. Uh, yeah, this very yeah, comic, exactly. X-Men Fantastic Four, 
might be referenced a lot. Yeah, like, oh, I like when the original Titans are together. So, you know, I, I think that could be really cool to, uh, you know, just yeah see the next generation of writers. Like, James Tinian loves Tim Drake, and he gets to write Tim Drake. In his tech run, especially, he got to write Tim Drake. A lot, so, it, yeah. it, you know, he, he ran a Tim Drake fan page. Like, that's that's so cool to me. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I run a Wally West fan page. When does my Wally West book come? But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's really interesting of you know just the next generation of writers. I, I think Chip's a very talented writer. I loved his work on Daredevil. I'm really loving his work so far. Just through two issues on Fantastic Four and X Men. So, it's know, a, I'm, I'm 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 curious where it'll where it'll go. I I think this is going to have lasting effects for uh, both teams. Yeah, definitely. And it's it will affect the main X Men book by the time it's over. Granted, more until April, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. What do you rate this book? Oh, uh, this issue specifically, I'll give an eight, but the last issue I gave a nine. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think I had the similar rating for the first book, but yeah, this is definitely a uh, eight out of ten for me. I really liked it. I'm I'm really curious to see where it goes because given that it only has two issues left, I'm assuming we're going to be getting like uh, you know pure story here like it's no more build-up you got all the build-up you need between uh doom and krakoa and the fantastic four and the x-men so yeah i think it's pretty much ready to go so i'm pretty I'm, much uh, i'm excited for where it goes yeah me too so given the limits this week and the lack of news really that's why we talked about 5g so much yeah <laughs> uh, our episode's actually a little short if you look at your time stamp right now we're only like 53 minutes and we usually go an hour so how could we how could we fill those last seven minutes well a character of the week i know we haven't done one in forever it used yeah, to be a months. big part of our show but we haven't done one in a long time yeah I, why did we stop that I don't know. I think we just had so many jam-packed episodes because we had so much news or so many comics. We just didn't ultimately didn't have time for it. But oh, I guess so. Yeah, clearly <laughs> yeah, we do have time. So, um, given that we had Fantastic Four and X Men this week, it only seems right to pick an X Men, and uh, Wolverine is going to be our character of the week. So because Wolverine he had is, a single line in this issue. So. He didn't, well, he had he had one line. Remember, he was yelling at Ben. Yeah, I, mean, I know he had one uh, line. That's it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, he. He is a big character of Marvel and the X-Men in general. Um, he's probably the most known X-Men, I would I say. So. Yeah, because of like casual fans knowing the movies and whatnot. Yeah, I, I'd say. Uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman kind of revolutionized that role where uh, people really took him to, I mean, I'd say like an A-level character for even uh, non-comic you know, comic fans. Yeah, for those who... You know, don't know how we do a news or uh, sorry news of the week character of the week we used to do this a lot where we go over what introduced us to that character like did we grow up with that character did we first hear them from a movie a comic a show and uh what we think of that character currently like do we like him do we dislike him or her and then where do we see this character in the future as far as comics go so we start off with why how did you get introduced into wolverine yeah, so I got introduced with the movies, the original X-Men trilogy. Yeah. Um, I watched those with my mom when I was pretty young. I don't remember if I saw any of them in theaters. Maybe the third one. I can't really remember the first two. I mean, the first one came out when I was like one years old, so I didn't see that. But yeah. um, I, I think I saw the third one in theaters maybe. Uh, but yeah, so I was introduced through the Hugh Jackman uh, uh, in the movie X-Men. And ultimately, I thought, you know, he's a badass. I was a kid. He killed things with his hands. That was awesome. <laughs> um, and then when Don't I got into comics, I thought, hey, let me get into Wolverine. And uh, I saw he was doing like a yellow spandex suit. And I was like, oh, 
that's not what I was expecting, given that in the movies he's just a tall, you know, Hugh Jackman muscle dude, and in the comics he's short, muscly, and has a yellow spandex suit. So yep. I certainly didn't know what to expect, but uh, getting introduced to some of his comics and reading some of the Claremont X-Men run and um, other various Wolverine runs, I started to get into the character and realized, like, okay, there's a lot of depth to this character, and it's pretty cool. His uh, power set is very interesting, and his background and origin is very interesting. So uh, I, I got to thank the movies for introducing, uh, and Hugh Jackman for introducing the character to me. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I was introduced probably from that as well. Uh, I think I saw X2 and X3 in theaters, but not X1. Uh, granted, I was very young at the time, so I don't remember it that well. Well, seeing in theaters at least. I rewatched the movies a lot. So yeah, from the movies as well, but also the animated series. I watched a lot of uh, 90s X-Men. The... I, I never watched up. that one. It's on Disney+, Plus, so I really should watch it, but... I don't know if it still holds up today, but I watched it a lot as a kid. So I knew Wolverine and the Yellow and all that. And I, he's still really badass in the show. So I, I grew up knowing Wolverine for who he was. Uh, I didn't get much into Marvel comics outside Spider-Man growing up. I was more of a DC guy. So I got fully invested into comics in 2011 due to a hobo, which I told on one episode a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, yes. You know it. Uh, and then I got fully into Wolverine from my very first full Marvel trade when I said, you know what? Or EDC, I'm going to get into Marvel. And I started, my first Marvel trade was the Death of Wolverine in 2014, I think. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That was my first Marvel trade. And that was, so that was my first Wolverine story, too. It's about the death of Wolverine. It's He doesn't necessarily die. He gets covered in adamantium. Like, what? Adamantium? And then eventually, like, hardens while he's covered in it. So, basically die. It's kind of brutal. Like, he kind of suffocates in adamantium. So, that... That was my first basically big Marvel story, and I was like, yay, I finished it. I'm going to go from here and read so many X-Men books, and I never did, <laughs> because then it was just Rebirth was announced or something like, no, not Rebirth, I guess New 52 was like, Dark Side War started, so I got heavily into DC again, and I never really went back to Marvel until like two years later, so my first big Marvel comic was The Death of Wolverine, so as far as Wolverine goes, what do we do next? Uh, well, yeah, what do you think of him now? So, yeah, Wolverine, not my favorite mutant. My favorite mutant is Scott Summers, also known as Cyclops. But Wolverine is probably... I like Magneto and I like Professor X. Top five mutants, I'd say. Uh, his powers are really cool. They're unique. You don't really have any character like him. Uh, obviously, he's popular, and there's a good reason for it. He's a cool character. Uh, I really enjoy him in pretty much everything that he's in. I haven't read a bad Wolverine story. And although I started with Death of Wolverine, I've read a lot of Wolverine stories since. Like Old Man Logan, probably his most known one. Uh, I've read a lot of X-Men stories since. And I like him in House of X. Uh, he's a little more calmer than he usually is in stories. But I also I have in front of me right now the Wolverine series that just started, issue number one by uh, Percy. So I picked that up. I haven't read it yet, but geez, this is a thick book. I feel like it's double sized. It's seven ninety nine, which I I'm just realizing that now. <laughs> the first issue was seven ninety nine. Yeah, I just read that right now. U.S. You, just, I mean, you paid for an eight dollar comic. Oh my god! But it's like it's double sized. Like it's it's fairly heavy. It feels like two comics in one, maybe three even. No, definitely two. I didn't realize that until just now. Wow. Okay, well, I just, I saw it on the shelf, so I brought it over, and I was like, hey, I'd like to get this, too. And Comic Store's owner's like, okay, that'll be $116. I'm like, because I bought 
three weeks worth of stuff so yeah oh wow okay cool 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 so your turn uh what do you think of wolverine now yeah so uh similarly to you he's not my favorite mutant my favorite mutant is magneto i just find him so interesting um i still like wolverine uh he's just not my favorite i i don't know if it's like because he's so mainstream like everybody loves him but i still think it's an interesting character um i clearly did not buy that first issue though i didn't know that it was that expensive so i definitely would not have bought it um but yeah that's pretty crazy actually um i wouldn't mind reading the character again i just haven't really gotten to know him in recent years when they did like the remember like the hulk green thing where it was like the big hulk with the claws i don't know that just didn't interest me at all so i feel like they use him for a lot of marketing tactics which makes sense you know he's an important uh character but he is yeah for sure i mean is he in your top five mutants uh yeah i'd say he's definitely my top five mutants yeah he's most people's favorite i realize but i guess we're like the only two people in the world that prefer other mutants oh i mean i i love magneto like me too just such an yeah. interesting character to me uh and yeah scott's great too um professor x is really cool like, there's a lot of cool mutants to love but mm-hmm. uh wolverine's usually the one that gets a uh mo- the most burn at least yeah exactly i mean he's canadian like me so i feel like i should love him so he's even yeah. from cold lake which is where i spend most of my summers uh, i was just about to say didn't you have like some kind of connection like that or like the yeah i have family that live in cold lake which is a very very small town in alberta and it's where wolverine's from and cold lake don't visit there if you ever like want to visit the hometown of wolverine it's a very small lake town <laughs> i mean it's nothing special besides they they have i think i believe a single comic store there that says like there's a sign there that says the home of wolverine so uh-huh. <laughs> they're really proud of having wolverine born in this small lake town but like i said there's nothing to do there to be honest unless you like lakes i mean you could go on the lake it's called cold lake for a reason it's very cold but it's where wolverine's <laughs> from so where do you see the character going in the future well clearly is the, is the solo book a mini or is it an ongoing i think it's ongoing actually uh, okay so yeah it doesn't say like it's called issue one but just issue one not one of something it's very thick though jeez <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like it's three issues now oh interesting yeah oh well. I, I don't know i mean obviously the character's doing well enough for uh you know the uh, to get his own book but yeah um you know uh, i guess i see him going you know big player in the x-men book and big player in his own book and you know whatever's gonna go on with koa and whatever big event will be coming to the x-men because there's been rumors of a big x-men event coming soon uh, i guess he'll be close to the center of it yeah i guarantee yeah i mean wolverine sells you just gotta put those claws on the cover and people will buy it so pretty, pretty much so yeah uh, wolverine's a really cool character we both have love for him and uh played a special part of our youth in the original x-men movies mm-hmm. and yeah thank you hugh jackman that's yeah hugh jackman yeah comic wolverine he definitely got us into the character so i see um, the same as you like he's more of a calm character now but i feel like in the future he'll still be a fairly calm i can see a little rivalry between him and cyclops going on with gene gray but yeah i mean especially... that, that's been like one of the uh, oldest love triangles in comics so yeah especially if she goes evil like you mentioned earlier yeah where she might go dark phoenix again i can see wolverine trying to defend gene and fight scott over that but as of now, he seems like more of a calm character that all the mutants tend to enjoy. And yeah, I feel like if there's an X-Men event happening soon, he will be having a major role in it. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much the episode. That's so. a hero story. 
yeah, so it was great to have Hunter back, and I'm glad that he's thank back you, thank in the you. long run because I missed him a ton. Uh, Caleb did a great job filling in, and we're very thankful to him. Uh, but it is great to have Hunter back. And uh, if you enjoyed Caleb being on the show, uh, you might be excited for next week's episode. And that's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Strange Adventures is out next week, so that's a big Tom King issue coming out. So we're all excited for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll still be back next week, of course. Though I'm not yes. leaving anytime soon, so yeah, I'll be I'll be on here a story next time as well. So yeah, thanks for yeah. listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, we'd appreciate a five star review. If you're listening anywhere else, we'd appreciate a follow slash subscribe slash. I mean, just to listen is pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. for Hero Story, I'm JD and I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. B-